Welcome to the Health Coach Nation podcast. My name is Haley Rowe, and I'm a sales and marketing coach and LinkedIn lead generation service provider. I work with health, life, and mindset coaches and online service-based business owners to help them get more sales, shift their time to the client-generating activities instead of just the busy work, and overcome that social media overwhelm. Let's get into the show. If you're ready to take on your next paying clients, I have good news. My free four basics of client attraction and how to stand out class is live at HaleyRowe.com slash client hyphen attraction. In the class, you're going to learn the top two traits I recommend for most coaches and entrepreneurs if they really want to turn this into a career. You're going to learn how you can build demand for your services and stop getting crickets on your posts. You're going to learn the sales roadmap I used to improve my sales conversion rate and help my clients do the same. And you're going to learn so much more. So go to HaleyRowe.com slash client hyphen attraction and get your copy of the class today. I am live today with Dr. Beverly Wixon. And we are going to be talking today about money mindset and abundance. So if you have been struggling with in your business, the whole concept of sales and your own self-worth and things like that, we're going to dig in. So Dr. Beverly, why don't you introduce yourself first and we'll go from there. Hi, I'm Dr. Beverly Wixon, former high school English teacher. So, you know, no money, right? (laughs) Turn money mindset coach. And I did that. I became one because of what I did with my own money. Nice. So tell me about that transition from, wait a minute, I'm a teacher and now I'm going to be a money mindset coach. Yeah, I'm a, I am was a teacher in one of the lowest paying states in the country, Florida, and in one of the lowest paying districts in Florida. <laughs> and, you know, everybody says it. Teachers don't make any money. Nobody goes into teaching to make money. And, you know, I believed it, just like everybody else. And all of a sudden, one day, over lunch, somebody made the same comment. And for some reason, that moment, it hit me funny. I was like, but why? I mean, I knew what these people made. It's a matter of public record. And they were complaining about things. And I was like, why don't you have money for this? So I went home that night and checked my own savings and my own stuff. And I realized I had not saved as much over the years as I thought. (laughs) I'd been saving, but minimally, and I hadn't been increasing it. So managed to call my financial guy. And after a lot of cursing and screaming at myself, you know, I called him and ended up with an incredible program that they had just started with a guaranteed 7% interest, which is unheard of. And I told three friends about it who had the same company for their Uh, tax sheltered annuities it was gone it had lasted for less than 30 days and so I was like I manifested that baby (laughs) I was like the bounce coming off me and even my financial guy said this is going to take you 10 years to get to your number and I said I'll give you six I did it in six six years later I walked out I did not take on a second job I did not take on lots of extra duties at work that I couldn't stand um, I did little things like if they said, hey, can you work the football game? We'll feed you and pay you. I was like, sure, I'm going to be here anyway because I'm going to the game. <laughs> so, you know, those kind of little things I did. And I just got really grateful about money. I started shifting and clearing about past issues I had made. I had lost over $100,000 to an ex-boyfriend. 
Wow. You know, during, at the same time, all this was happening. Um, I discovered that he defrauded me and swindled me and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, it was all of this happening at once. And it was just, it was all up here. I started, you know, first thing I did was I quit saying I'm broke. I quit saying I'm just a teacher and can't make any money. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, I made it. That is awesome. Yeah. So you started to realize, wow, I can change my beliefs about money. I can become a planner. I can take up extra income here and there. And you started to see yourself more abundantly. And then what made you want to shift to coaching in that and going in that route? Well, I was still teaching and I was teaching 17 year olds, 16 and 17 year olds. And I would take some of the things that I was doing for myself and, you know, even like the big why, you know, little things like that and throw them into my class, you know, the, the first five minute things. And it was amazing what they would come in and tell me had happened to them. Mm-hmm. And when guys, when, when 17 year old boys started saying, Hey, I just got this because of that little thing we did in class the other day. That's when you go, wait a, wait, wait a second. You only spent 30 seconds on that. I, I know you only spent 30 seconds on it. And I went, yeah, because <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, they, they, they went through the whole, you got a piece of paper, you know, I don't have a pencil, you got a pencil, you know, before they'd ever get started. And I only was giving class five minutes max. So mm-hmm. they, I know they didn't do much. And when they started telling me it was working, and then I had other teachers coming up and asking me, because some of these kids were telling them, and they were asking me, and they were also seeing that I was not complaining about money anymore. Mm-hmm. They started asking me, so I started sharing some things. And after that, um, when I left teaching, I was like, you know, I'm not doing anything else. I'm, I'm going to sit here for six months and just see if I can share this information with some other people and see how it goes. And it's been great. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. So when you um, shifted your money story, tell me a little more about how did you start to open your belief that, wait a minute, just because I'm a teacher, that doesn't have to mean I have to be poor. How did you start to believe an alternative? Because it, sometimes it's really hard for people to, you know, see a job and see a standard salary and think, you know, that it's possible to make more in that role or to change their situation. Yeah, my belief is basically you can get rich on any salary. It doesn't matter. And what I started doing, the first thing, like I said, I started doing was I just quit saying I'm broke. I mean, because I had said it for all those years. I'd said I'm broke. Oh, it's payday and I'm broke already. Um, Teachers can't get rich. I quit saying first I'm broke or I can't afford. Quit saying those two things. And lo and behold, when the next payday came, I had a little bit of money. Not a lot, but a little. And what I then started doing, Nikki's talking here. (laughs) Then what I started doing was I started saying, okay, I've got all this stuff in here and I have to clear this stuff away. I can't just stop saying things. So I started releasing, you know how, let it go, let it go, right? We always hear, let it go. What I started doing was forgiving myself for saying certain things, forgiving myself for losing that $100,000, forgiving him. He doesn't know it, of course, but then that's fine (laughs) because I don't see him. But letting that kind of stuff go and once you forgive it, it's so much better. Forgiveness is for the one doing the forgiving, not for the one who committed the atrocity. You know, um, it's not condoning. It's just, it's releasing. We have to release that ourselves. And once I started doing that on a regular basis and going back and looking at my past, 
something that had affected me that I had no idea had affected me. Back when I was about five years old, I got birthday money and I went to the store and spent it all on candy because you know, I was five. And my father told me that money burned a hole in my pocket. And from that point on, it did. If I had $5 in my pocket, I found a way to spend it. Now, my fives and my ones go in a little box and they get saved until the stack gets high and then I take it to the bank. Awesome. So it's amazing the things that can happen when you look back. You have to look within and clear stuff and release yeah. it. Yeah. So how did you help yourself release things? Because it's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to let it go. But it's another thing to actually look at that person who, you know, took 100K from you or whatever and, and no longer let it affect you and how you think and all of that. So how, what was something that helped you release that? Well, I didn't look at him. That was one thing <laughs> because you can do this in the spiritual realm, you know, in the universe, you don't have to see them. It can be someone who's deceased. It doesn't matter. And it's, it was simply that I wrote down things. And I, so I did do some journaling on it, but it wasn't, I don't think of it really as journaling because I made a list. I just made this list of things that happened and then I would read it and I'd really feel it. And I just was like, please forgive me for my part in this situation because I, you know, in that particular case, I turned a blind eye. And then it was like, I thank you for teaching me this lesson. And I said, I send love to you. Um, it's kind of, it's based on Ho'oponopono, which is where you say, I love you. And I couldn't say, I love you. There was no way I could say that. So I was like, God bless you no matter what. And then it became later on, I can send love and light to you. And then it became, I love you. And I was, and, said, and I forgive you. So it was like four simple little phrases. Please forgive me. I thank you. I love you. And I forgive you. And like I said, even the thank you part was hard in the beginning. And it was just, it was strange that even though he never repaid me, he didn't repay me, but he lived in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And at least after I started doing that, the first, the first day that I started doing it, he passed me on the road and he actually waved, which he, wow. he prior to that, it had been this. Mm. Because he was afraid to look at me. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. um, and it was a, it was a friendly wave. It wasn't anything nasty. It wasn't like he tried to come over and talk to me and try to get back together or anything, but he just kind of waved as if to acknowledge, you know, maybe wow. what he did. Maybe it was acknowledging what he did. And wow. once I started releasing that money came to me from other ways. It, like I said, he did not repay me, but it became a civil neighbor again. Wow. He became a civil neighbor again, but money came, started just flowing to me in other ways. I think what happens is that when you start clearing all that, it's like soil. You pull the weeds out, you till the soil some, and then you put the affirmations in. Because after that is when I started believing I'm a money magnet. I could say it without going, oh, no, I'm not. Yeah. When I first said I'm a money magnet, it was like, yeah, you just lost a hundred grand. Mm. But after I did the forgiveness, and it took a few days, don't get me wrong, it did not take one round. <laughs> Yeah. To, to totally release it. But when I saw him wave, I knew it was, I knew it was working. Mm -hmm. so I kept doing it. And I did it on other things too, but I would, whenever I would feel like it doesn't bother me when I read about it anymore, I'd cross it off the list. Nice. We're constantly making new memories. So we're constantly adding to the list. Too. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So this is really good. I'm hearing that 
the first step is you just got to stop speaking about yourself in such a, a, you know, limiting way. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean you need to replace it with positive affirmations right away, but just stop bringing attention to the fact, you know, what you think is true about yourself when you're really like, well, there's other possibilities, right? right? Then you learned how to forgive and release what was causing you to have a poor money story or feel resentment or have feelings that were detracting money from you. And then once you release those feelings, you opened yourself up to new possibilities, new affirmations. And I love the analogy you gave about, you know, taking out the weeds and all of that. So when you started to shift to, okay, wait, maybe something else here is possible and maybe money can flow to me in other ways. How did you start to like do that? Like believe that for real? And also how did, like, what kind of uh, ideas came to you or, or what opened up when you were able to release those feelings? I started tracking it. What we, what we track, we attract. And so I started tracking anytime I was in a store and they said, oh, this is on sale. That I, especially when I didn't know it, you know, I, one of my favorite things is to take something to a cash register and they ring it up and they go, oh, it's on sale. You just saved $10. Hot dog. <laughs> or even like Walgreens or CVS or you know, a drugstore where they would say, you've got $2 on your rewards card. Would you like to use it? And I not only just said, yes, I started out saying, sure, I'd love to. Then I started saying, making sure to say thank you. And if I could see their name tag, saying their name, because I think the, it's the gratitude. And even when I just said, sure, I would usually walk out of the store going, thank you. So, I mean, if I find a dollar, if I find a nickel, thank you. I always say thank you. And, I, and like I said, I started writing it down and tracking it. People, if somebody offered to buy my lunch or buy me a, a soda at a theme park, I didn't say, no, 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 which I used to. You know, it used to be, oh, I got this. You don't need to buy that. Thanks. Now I just say thank you. <laughs> and I let, them, I let them buy it. Because um, I've got a couple of friends. We get a, I live near Disney and we go all the time. And I used to do that. I, you know, I would be the one that would buy all the time. And I still do periodically. Don't get me wrong. I don't just freeload. But I don't turn them down. And I, I think as women, especially when we're with other women, we typically do that. We are like, no, I've got this. Now, you know, so date or something, completely different. We are certainly willing to. But with our friends, we tend to turn them away. And I stopped doing that. And I started tracking it to see. I was like, you know, a dollar here for a Coke, a dollar, you know, three dollars or five dollars, whatever it is for coffee, a couple of dollars off. And it's amazing. You can find a hundred dollars just like that. Yeah. Yeah. Hiding right in front of you. Yes. Well, what's so crazy? So a couple things. One, I'm a huge believer in tracking because I do agree with you. What gets measured gets improved. And also what you train your brain to look for, it will mm -hmm. find. So you decided that, wait a minute, there's little things I'm doing every day or that I'm receiving every day that show me I can attract money or money is available and money is everywhere or whatever. And when you tracked it, your brain just started looking for more and it started reinforcing the new belief. So anytime you're trying to form a new belief, you want to find as many ways as possible you can find proof of it in your day. And what most people do is kind of what you used to do, which is look for all the reasons why money's scarce and why it's so hard and all of that. Um, but you shifted and that's really powerful. And I also think what's so interesting is you realized like money, like you started to, I, I truly believe opportunities are everywhere. And, you know, every day can be, there's so many 
things I want to do and that are amazing and out there. You kind of started to form that with money too. It was like, there's so many like things that could come up and you started accepting the abundance in your life. Like if somebody gave you a gift or, or whatever, um, what were some, you know, I guess, cause I, I hear from a lot of people who feel like, well, yeah, I'm starting to track this kind of stuff, but maybe they don't believe it yet, or maybe they still catch themselves, um, undercharging or doing actions that maybe would indicate they don't have a strong money belief. So what would you say to those kinds of people who are feeling a little bit like, yeah, but. Yeah, but I think you're right. I think we all continue to go through that. I mean, I catch myself every once in a while going, why did I just spend this money that I didn't need to spend? <laughs> once in a while, it's like hemorrhaging money. And I realized myself, I was hitting my own upper limit. So I had to change that because um, we all have that too. But I think what we often do with the undercharging is again, as women, I mean, historically we got nothing. We've only started getting paid in the last 60 years. Not even that really. So I feel like it's, you know, start out with whatever you're charging after three people buy it at that price, go up and go up until it feels good or you're just like cringing because you can't say it anymore, you know? And when I started my pricing, I started out by just, okay, universe, God, this is what I want to charge. And I set a number and it was like, you could almost hear a voice in the head, a little higher, you know, like price is right, higher, lower. <laughs> and when you find, you'll you'll know when you feel that, you, you just feel it here in your heart when it's right or in your chest, when it's the wrong price, you're feeling it in your, most people are feeling their gut like, oh, that one hurts. And so it's, it's just a matter of continuing to try. And like I said, pick a number and I like three. So it's like, if you're only charging, let's say you're charging $300 for your coaching and people are telling you you're underpricing yourself. Okay, go with three, go with 300. After three people buy it at that price, now bump it up and bump it up. And just keep bumping it up until you get to the point that you feel really good. To me, that's the safe, it's the easiest way to do it because of the fact if you just tell somebody you're undercharging, it, they're not going to believe it. They have to believe people want to buy it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think too you're expressing that originally when you start forming a new belief, it is going to feel a little awkward at first. You are going to have to grow into it. You're going to have to. It's going to be like a shirt you put on that kind of like doesn't fit you yet because it's not your normal style or something and you're getting used to it. So I think one of the things too that I want to ask you is like when it comes to buying things, you started to save, which it sounds like is a good idea for you or what the time was. Um, but you also probably started investing in things. So how did you help how did what you know I, I hear a lot of people who have immediate thoughts of like, oh no, I couldn't even explore investing in that or just aren't sure which things to invest their money in, things like that. So tell me a little more about how did you decide what to invest in versus when to save in, in your business and, and life? Well, as investing in business, I first thing I did was get a coach. <laughs> I mean, I'm a great believer in coaching. I mean, Professional athletes have coaches and they don't just have like Tom Brady, who's not my favorite person and favorite football player. And I'm, I live in the Tampa Bay area, still didn't like it, <laughs> but, 
but he didn't just have a quarterback coach. He didn't just have a football coach. The man has a life coach. Tony Robbins has a life coach. You know, the coach of coaches has a coach. I truly believe having a coach is the way to get going. And I think everybody needs one, not just entrepreneurs. I think every human being needs coaching. You need a life coach, you need a health coach, you need money coaches. But I mean, all of them. And so that's the first thing I invested in. And I, I made mistakes. I picked the wrong coach, you know, and then I picked the right coach. So you learn. And I still got something from the wrong coach. Don't get me wrong. I, I got a lot, but then it became the exact same things over and over and over and over. So I shouldn't say the wrong coach, just a coach that I outgrew. And then I found a better coach that I grew with. You know, so that's always important. And as far as like, you know, the saving, I, I do want to say I didn't stop living. I didn't stop spending money. I love to go out to eat. I don't like to cook. So I kept going out to eat. I, I didn't come home and decide to live on ramen noodles or mac and cheese. All they're good foods. I don't want to live on them. So that was the beauty of it. Is I could have done that and probably saved a whole lot more and done it even in three, three years instead of six. But I chose not to because I believe that we're supposed to continue to live. And I think one of the first things we have to do is define wealth for ourselves. And I had my magic number. And that was wealth to me. And it's, it's, it's grown since then. I love that. Yes. So I like that you developed a plan. You decided what your goal was. And you made a realistic expectation of how long it's going to take you to save. Um, what's one way we can, you just defined one, which is define what wealth is to you. Um, what do you do if, let's say you set an income goal for the year and you are, it, it's a stretch for you. It's exciting to you. Um, but you're not, you feel like you're behind or you feel like you're not hitting it. How do you prevent going into scarcity mode and how do you stay in abundance mode? One way is I, I set the annual goal but then I break it down into like 12 weeks. It's yeah, it's a quarter, but I don't like to call it a quarter because um, there's the whole 12 week plan, it's a 12 week year. If you haven't heard of it, it's fantastic. And so I break it down to 12 weeks and then there are certain things you do every week to get to that goal. If you're getting, to, if you're doing 80% of it, you're going to make it. Yeah. And then you'll get to your annual goal. And so, you know, what happens with annual goals is that, January, it's all great and it's all good. And then about February, we've forgotten it. And then about November, we go, oh my God, <laughs> I'm behind. So, which is why I don't like, which is why I kind of quit doing that. And because 12 weeks is enough time that if you look at it about the third week and you go, oh, I'm behind, it's easy to catch up. You're only in week three. <laughs> you got nine more weeks to go. And where if you get to week nine and you do it, you're still going to get something done in those 12 weeks. And the first time you do it, that's probably what's going to happen, to be honest. And then you're going to go, okay, I need to tweak this for the next 12-week plan. Mm -hmm. And then you go from there. And so that's the whole thing is I don't think you're ever behind. You sometimes just got off track. Yes, that's such a good way to say it. And so, so true. And I love the book, The 12-Week Year. Or is it called The 12-Week Year? It's called something yeah. like that. Yeah, I think that's what it's called. I have um, it <laughs> it actually came up in my other podcast interview recently. So everybody loves this book, <laughs> including me. Um, I actually need to read it again. It's been a while. So <clears throat> anyways, um, I like your tip to break it down. So you're not getting behind. You just got maybe miss, 
misfocus. So the key is to realign your focus. Do you believe in setting big, ambitious goals that stretch you and maybe you don't hit, but you at least stretch yourself? Or do you believe setting a goal you feel like you know you could could hit and, you know, hitting it and proving to yourself you can hit it? Yeah, kind of like good, better, best. Mm -hmm. so it's almost like three goals. And that way you're aiming for the high one. Mm -hmm. But if you don't quite hit it, you're still hitting great. Like I said, when I was a teacher, I would tell my students, aim for this. You know, go for the A. If you don't hit it, you might at least hit a C. But if you're going to sit there and do nothing, you're going to continue with that little F you've got, you know, and you're going to be next, next year. So, you know, I, I like the good, better, best, you know, like an ABC type thing, because it's something I think we all are used to from school and because we've all been there. And it just, it gives us that stretch, but it also gives us that if I don't hit it, I still feel good about it which you should anyway, because whatever progress you make is progress. And that's what brings people happiness is progressing, not perfection. So true. I love that. Good, better, best. I do that with choices. I've never thought of it in terms of goals. That's like brilliant. I'm just like, whoa, yes, my mind is blown right now. I could totally do that with my goals. Um, okay. So how can everybody connect with you and get in touch with you? I have a Facebook group that is Money Mindset Magic for Female Entrepreneurs and Other Cool People. Because there are a couple of guys in there and there are several people who are not entrepreneurs. I keep cool. telling myself I should change the name to just women. <laughs> I like and other cool people. I like that. <laughs> Good. So, you know, it's and that's where I, you know, I go live weekly with tips. There's little things to remind you of what did you receive for free this week that was abundance. Um, all those different things that we've talked about today. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on today. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. I've had a great time, Haley. Me too. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. And if it's really helpful for you, I'd really appreciate if you share it and or leave a written podcast review. This tells the podcast sites that our show is useful and it will be promoted to more people that way. Thanks again.